Welcome to the Buick Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. This podcast is brought to you by Northbound Gear. Northbound Gear is designed for maneuverability and durability and is made to last through even the toughest of elements. My go-to for their pants is the Water Resistance Adventure Pants and their lined waterproof jeans. I've worn them while out ice fishing, crawling through the woods, bear hunting, and on the west coast out on the boat. And I even wear them around when I'm having a lazy day at the house. They are that comfortable. They also offer jackets, summer pants, backpacks, and many more. Men's and women's sizes are available, and by partnering with One Tree Planted, you're planting a tree with every purchase. Check them out for yourself at northboundgear.co, and when you use my promo code SHELDON15 at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your order. That's northboundgear.co and promo code SHELDON15. This podcast is brought to you by Rampage Coffee. Rampage Coffee is crafted in micro-batches to produce a premium quality coffee that is just not possible any other way. Step up your coffee game and get amped with premium quality freshly roasted coffee. Right now I'm waiting on the sampler bundle where you get to try all four blends for around $20. It comes with a full force premium espresso, code black dark roast, riot medium roast, the C4 extreme caffeine blend, and it also comes with some pretty cool looking stickers. If you head over to rampagecoffee.com and use our promo code Buick, you'll receive 10% off. That's rampagecoffee.com, promo code B-U-I-C-K to get 10% off and get amped with Rampage Coffee. Hey everyone, welcome back to Buick Outdoors. If you're new around here, my name is Sheldon Marion and today we're going to be talking about spring spot and stock bear hunting. So when it comes to the springtime uh, spot and stock bear hunting, uh, if you're in an area like we are here up in northern BC, it is actually a, a very, very easy and kind of relaxing hunt. Uh, if you're in a spot where the bear population ain't isn't nearly as high, uh, you're going to have quite a bit of troubles. Uh, mainly what you want to be focusing on, though, is their food sources, uh, especially in the springtime. Uh, it's especially true in the fall as well, but with the fall, uh, they're a lot more spread out. Uh, in the springtime, though, it's it's very, very easy to kind of pinpoint where they're at. Uh, right off the hop, right when the snow is just starting to melt and you're starting to get the warmer weather. Basically, what the only thing that they have to eat when they first come out of their den is in the tops of poplar trees. And they have all the little poplar buds, those small little sacks of like kind of sap and the leaves are just starting to come out you'll find them in the top of trees uh just mowing down on that stuff uh other than that you know there's some pussy willows and stuff like that and that's kind of it so the first you know couple weeks to few weeks depending on how your spring is going uh Really, if if you're out there and you're doing that extremely early hunt, I would mainly focus on great big thick patches of poplar trees. And I wouldn't even look down on the ground, really. Uh, For the most part, where you'll see them is way high up in trees. 
And uh, it's almost like hunting them with dogs. You're going to be aiming way up there in the treetops, and you're going to be shooting them out of a tree, basically. Uh, because especially during that time, a lot of the time there's still snow on the ground, or if the snow is gone, the ground is so saturated and it hasn't been warm enough yet where not, there's no new growth coming in. There's no new grasses, dandelions, clovers, or anything like that. So their main food source is just the poplar buds. Uh, after that, though, uh, once these things start to kind of dry up and you're starting to get into a little bit of a warmer weather, uh, what we usually do around here, uh, because we're it's a really heavy oil and gas uh area we drive and we look down pipelines uh pipelines are usually nice wide and open and typically speaking uh the grasses will start to grow on the pipelines uh as as early as like the first week of may kind of a thing and again it all depends on uh the season that you're having this year it might be a little bit later because even today being April 11th, uh, I still have roughly about foot to uh, maybe two feet of snow in my yard out here. So this year it's going to be a while before you see them on the pipelines. But with that being said, uh, you know, we've been having a lot of warm weather lately. So within about a week or two, uh, the poplars, they should start to bud, hopefully. And you'll start to see bears in there. Uh, another great place is well, while you're driving around looking for the pipelines, uh, just the ditches and the side of the roads. Uh, again, it's kind of like that mid to late May kind of time for us up here in the north. And uh, you'll see all the, the little grasses starting to grow on the sides of the road. Same thing that's on the pipelines. But then you also get some of the clovers later on in the year. And then right around the first week of June, typically, is when the dandelions start to grow. And with those, the bears will wreak havoc on dandelions. Uh, a lot of times you'll see them on like south-facing hills because you get all the sun exposure in the beginning of the day. So it, it, uh, it just nukes the snow. And it dries the soil up and then things start to grow much faster. Uh, so if you ever do find a nice little patch of dandelions, uh, basically you can almost set up like a blind because a bear is going to come in there and he is going to be chewing on those uh, fresh new dandelions. Uh, another great spot too is the uh, cut blocks. Uh, it kind of depends on the cut block though. Uh, some of them... Like a lot of them around here are sprayed, so they kind of nuke it all. And then others, just it all kind of depends on the logging company. Some people do a really nice, clean job. And when they do that, things grow up uh, real quick. Other places, there's a lot of uh, kind of leftover junk, basically. You know, some limbs and stuff. And it kind of almost makes like a canopy uh, along the top of the soil. So when things aren't exactly able to sprout and grow up, as fast as uh, if it's a nice clean job done but again that's just part of driving around uh, in that end of May-ish middle of May to beginning of June kind of time uh, 
you know, the, the pipelines are turning green, the the ditches on the road are turning green, the dandelions are starting to sprout, the new growth in the cut blocks are starting to come up, and really you, they, they're coming out of hibernation. They are hungry, they haven't ate in a very long time, so wherever there is any kind of vegetation, that is where the bears are going to be. Uh, another thing with bears, they don't exactly have like travel corridors and they don't have a spring grounds and a fall grounds and a wintering grounds. You'll see that a lot with like elk and deer and moose. You know, they kind of travel uh, kind of depending on your area where with bears, where they hibernate and where they den is typically where they live all year long. So once as you find that food source, typically there's going to be, I, again, it depends on the amount of bears in your area up here. Within like one square mile, you can have like one to three bears kind of a thing because they're just so thick in this area. Uh, for other places, you might have one per, you know, four or five square miles kind of a thing. But with that being said, if you do see a bear, and the the stock is kind of messed up or the wind catches your scent and they run off it's not a huge concern at all they're not going to be running over you know the next ridge or anything like that typically what happens because they don't really travel and they stay centralized to where their food source is they don't leave uh whenever you see a bear that's his home his den is gonna be right close his food source is right close and they're a very simple animal they don't have any reason to leave whatsoever and even if you spook them or whatever if you spook them on a pipeline and the road goes around the corner honestly there's been times where i've spooked a bear on the pipeline i drove around the corner and i watched him walk out of the bush and that was like 200 yards away and then you know you get a second chance bears don't like to travel they don't like to use up hardly any energy whatsoever they are in a way a docile animal they just like to graze do their thing eat get fat and sassy kind of a thing and then go to sleep in the winter so wherever you find food sources for the bears you're most likely going to find a bear there you'd Especially when you're in a spot like this where you have a very thick population of bears. Uh, if you live in an area where you don't have that many bears, you are going to have to hike around a little bit and not necessarily find the food source. There's always going to be a food source for the bears. You're just going to have to find where the bears are. And But even with that being said, it goes back to their like the travel corridors. If you find a bear after hiking for a day a week whatever that's where that bear lives so if you find a bear that's two ridges over from where you park the vehicle that is where he lives if you find him late monday night come back tuesday morning he's gonna be there just sit back relax that bear is in that general area they don't like to travel they don't like to run they don't like to climb trees you know the, they're in a sense like very lazy uh 
they don't like to expel any more energy than they absolutely have to. So once as you find the food source, you're going to find the bears unless you're in a, a very, very uh, small bear population area. Then you you kind of have to find both at the same time. But once as you find that bear, that's, that's where that bear is going to be. You can almost bet money that they're not going to move far from uh you know a 500 yard to a one mile circle like that that is where they live and honestly if you start doing like a grid pattern search you're going to find their den in there as well one thing that should be mentioned too uh when you're doing spot and stock bear hunting depending on where you're hunting uh there's a lot of things that go into kind of like we'll call it your weapon selection whether you're bow hunting black powder rifle hunting whatever it is you have to kind of take into consideration the terrain that you're going to be in uh for us up here we have wide open poplar and wide open pine that you'll find bears in but we also have a lot of like swampy ground where you have a lot of black spruce or swamp spruce is what we call it where when you go into that stuff you can't see more than maybe 10 yards and like that's that's an open spot there's times where i've shot a bear he ran into that black spruce stuff and just laid down and uh that's where he was i sorry i i gotta be careful with my wording with youtube these days but anyways i was on my hands and knees crawling looking for for the blood trail and stuff and i basically like crawled up onto this bear that was just laying there because it's so thick but in other areas where it's nice and wide open, uh, you know, you can just kind of casually walk through. So in that, that's where your weapon selection is very crucial. Uh, if I'm in the wide open places and I'm just kind of like truck hunting, which I do for the most part, to be honest with you, you know, it, the weapon selection is massive. Just pack whatever you want to pack. Uh, you don't have to worry about getting on your hands and knees and crawling. You don't have to worry about hiking up a hill or anything like that. You know, you're driving around in a truck. If you have your whatever, if you have a custom gun that weighs, you know, 10 pounds, 11 pounds, and it's your precision rifle and you can shoot whatever, yada, yada. You know what? If you're truck hunting, you can take it. However, if you're going to be hiking hills or going through like some of this black spruce, you cannot take that. The barrel is going to be 24, 26 inches long. It's going to be heavy, sloppy. It's going to be falling off, falling off your shoulder. You know, it's just not feasible. You can do it, but it's not going to be enjoyable. So when it comes to your weapon selection, uh, you know, it, it all depends on the terrain that you're in and the type of hunts. Like I said, truck hunting, take whatever you want. It it doesn't matter. It's You're not exactly packing it. If you are packing it, you're packing it on basically a quick stock and you're either going to get the animal or not and then you're back into the truck and then you're driving again. It's It doesn't matter. But when you're in like this swamp spruce, I'll bring, I used to have a real short uh, 300 uh, Winchester short mag, uh, but now if I'm in that real thick stuff, I'll bring like my 4570. It's uh, the Marlin guide gun, the 1895 short barrel, 4570. 
the thing is only like a couple feet long kind of a deal, you know. So when I'm crawling through that, it's also open sights. If I'm crawling through that black spruce and the bear pops up, it's easy to swing around. I shouldn't have too many issues getting snagged up in trees and stuff. And then also with open sights, I can literally grab it and just crawl on my hands and knees with it. And I, I'm not really going to have too many issues. Uh, but with that being said, if I'm hunting in that stuff and I'm doing some hiking around, I would like to bring my 300 with me, like my, my wind mag, not my short mag. I don't have that anymore. But the problem with that is it's a 24 inch barrel. There's a scope on it. If you're in that real thick stuff and you got to swing around real quick, chances are you're going to hit a limb, hit a tree or whatever. And it's just not really going to work. Plus I packed that on my back. And when you're walking through that stuff, you're going to get limbs and stuff snagging your barrel and pulling it off your shoulder. And you're going to be making so much noise that the bear, he's just going to sit there and walk circles around you kind of a thing. And then the same thing can be said about if I'm packing my bow. Uh, if I'm in the open pines or the open poplar or the open spruce, whatever, it's not a big deal to carry my bow. However, if I'm in that swampy black spruce area, Again, you have an arrow that's knocked on your bow. Every time you turn and stuff, you know, your broadhead's going to snag a piece of grass or a limb or whatever. And it's going to be bouncing around or come unknocked. And, you know, it's just terrible. So when it comes to your weapon selection, you have to be not exactly really cautious about it. But just be a little mindful about where you are going to be hunting and where you potentially could be hunting. Uh... Again, depending on the area that you hunt up here, we can be driving down a five kilometer road and you could start in willows, go into poplar, get on top of the hill and it's some nice wide open pine or spruce, dip down to the bottom of the hill and it could be black spruce. So for us up here, a lot of times what I do is I pack two weapons. I pack my 300 or the 270 or the 30 odd six. And then in the passenger seat, I got my 4570. Plus the 4570 also acts as my backup gun. If I do wound a bear and it goes into the trees, I'm packing that thing because it holds five. I can it's a lever action. So if you get into a oh no moment, you know, you can just John Wayne them and uh kind of walk out of there. <laughs> Another thing that a lot of people and it drives me nuts, one thing is camouflage uh man it's a touchy subject for a lot of people uh especially the people that buy into the qu and sitka and under armor and you know you need camouflage for this it, it, it's not the case when it comes to bears uh i wear camel from time to time when i'm hunting bears not because you need camouflage because that's the clothes that are in my holiday trailer you know that's my camping clothes really really and even the camel that i wear i go to walmart canadian tire whatever and i just buy what's on the shelf it'll say real tree or mossy oak or whatever it doesn't really matter when it comes to bear hunts uh bears have extremely terrible eyes you can't fool their nose but you can fool their eyes every single day they are, I'm sure they're half blind because, man, you could hunt bears in a chicken suit and still get it done. 
and I know a lot of people, they're probably going to be watching or listening to this and just screaming at the at the screen. But you do not need camouflage to hunt bears. What I recommend when it comes to hunting bears is just wear something that's slightly dark. So in that way, you don't exactly like stand out. But at the same time, if a bear, especially in the spring, if he sees you walking, if you just stop and stand there, He'll look at you and he'll kind of eye you up and think whether or not you're a threat. Most of the times, they're whatever. I got more important things to do. I have to eat. I just woke up. I've been sleeping for four to six months. I'm starving. This grass is the only thing I have to eat right now. So I am focusing on my meal. You're not walking towards me. You're not waving your arms. I don't care about you. I am hungry as hell and I'm eating. That's basically the mindset of a bear. If you just simplify things like that, your chances of getting a bear are just exponentially larger. Uh, a lot of times what I wear is my northbound gear pants because if you're sitting there crawling and stuff, you want something that's somewhat uh, waterproof and real tough. And with the northbound gear pants, they're cut resistance, uh, they're waterproof. You know, they're a great all-around pant for doing this. Plus, you can get them in, like, the blacks and the dark greens. There is, like, a snow camel, and I wouldn't recommend doing that because white with a black or a green background, you're going to stand out, which you don't want to do. Uh, and then for, like, a shirt, honestly, just what I'm wearing right now. A black and white plaid shirt, reds. Dark purples, blues, blacks, browns. As long as you kind of have some sort of, uh, not exactly a pattern, but just something that's just dark. You know, it, you wouldn't want to wear like a baby blue shirt. However, I have shot bears in regular blue jeans and a t-shirt. You know, it, it, as long as you, as long as when you're, you know stalking up on the bear if they stop and look at you stop moving because they're going to look at you and even if you are wearing something bright they're going to look at you and they're going to eye you up they're going to size you up and whether you're a threat or not they're either going to say you're worth running from or i'm going back to eat so i mean like really as long as you're just kind of casually walking up to the bear like it it doesn't take much to walk up within 200 yards of a bear a lot of times once you get kind of later into the season it's a it's a little bit harder just because there's a little bit more pressure on them but right at the beginning of spring man they don't care and you know that's why i keep pushing like you know when it comes to camel on a lot of people like don't worry about it especially if you're a new hunter uh Man, if you want to buy camouflage, sure, go ahead and buy it. Don't spend a fortune on it, you know. Uh, there is a lot of things where it, it is smart to dress in layers and all that good stuff. But you don't need to buy the layering system from Sitka or Kuyu. Like, it is nice stuff and it will last you a long time and it does look cool. But in general, you don't really need it. Uh, if you want to dress in layers, honestly, like, it sounds like I'm sponsored by Walmart. But I use Walmart because it's kind of everywhere. Go to Walmart. Buy long johns. You know, the long underwear. 
tops and bottoms, buy a long sleeve shirt, buy, you know, the the camouflage jackets that are like those three-in-ones or four-in-ones. I mean, that's what I have. There's, what is it? Yeah, it's a three-in-one. There's an outer layer and an inner layer, and you can take the inner layer out so you can have a spring jacket. Once you take the inner layer out, you can wear the outer uh, as a main jacket as well, and that's kind of like a springish fall. And then when you put them all, all two together, that's a nice real thick jacket. And they're like 200 bucks. So if you have your $15 long underwear from Walmart, you have that $200 three-in-one jacket. And then for pants, whether you want to buy northbound gear or just a good set of like Carhartts, Wrangler jeans, whatever. As long as it's somewhat tough kind of a deal. Because chances are you you might have to go on your hands and knees a little bit and man you have a full hunting setup for a few hundred dollars instead of a few thousand dollars uh one thing when it comes to uh stocking up on a bear a lot of times i mean if you watch the videos of my bear hunts you'll see that i have the main camera i have a a GoPro off the side of the main camera, then I got a GoPro on my head, and a lot of times I just walk up to them in a straight line, kind of in the ditch, so I have a little bit of something in behind me, so in that way if he stops and looks at me, I can stop, and he sees somewhat of an outline of a person, plus I'm carrying all this gear so I really stand out, but then there's also trees and stuff behind me, you always want to keep something behind you, so when you somewhat blend in because again the bear's eyes are absolutely terrible as long as they don't really see movement they don't really they don't really care all that much to be honest with you and as long as the wind's not blowing towards them they won't be able to smell you and that's their biggest defense is being able to smell you and when it comes to bears too you don't need any like you know the the cover scent spells and or anything crazy like that. I definitely wouldn't use like bear urine or anything like that because I've seen, I've seen some things where they uh, they advertise that, and I wouldn't use that at all. But you know, like the the scent killer sprays and stuff, you can use it when it comes to like deer, elk, and moose, and it helps a little bit. But with bears, don't waste your time. Uh, you could soak your clothes in that, and uh, they would still smell you because their their noses are so incredibly good. So, I mean, you have to work the wind and you have to work their eyes. Fortunately for you, working their eyes is very simple. Don't move. You know, and it, it is that simple. Uh, also, when it comes to stocking up on the bears, a lot of times what I'll do, if I have to be in the wide open, like if I'm going down a pipeline and that bear is three, 400, a kilometer away, uh, once I get close enough to the point where they're starting to pay attention to me, I'll get on my hands and knees and I'll just basically pretend and act like I'm a bear grazing. So in that way, you know, you're, you're low to the ground. You look like a small little bear, especially if you're wearing dark clothes. And while they're eating and their head is down, crawl towards them. Just go straight for them. Don't worry about it. Once he stops eating, cause it'll, They'll kind of sit there and they'll munch down, kind of like watching a cow. Where if you watch a cow graze, they sit there and they use their teeth, they pick up all that grass, 
Then once they have a mouth full of grass, they kind of stop. And they'll sit there and they'll, they'll pick their head up and they'll chew on it. And they kind of look around. They check the surroundings. They swallow the grass. Then they go back down and they start chewing on it. A bear does the exact same thing. So when you're watching a bear, he'll sit there. He'll be picking at the grass or whatever. Start crawling. Give him a few bites or whatever. Stop. Because then he's going to pick up his head. He's going to look around, make sure there's no big boars coming after him or any um, hunters or anything like that, right? He's going to sit there and he's going to chew up his food. He might look at you and stare at you while he's chewing. He might try to smell you in the air. But again, if you're if you're playing the wind right, he's not going to smell anything. He's not really going to see anything. You'd, you'd look like a bear sitting there eating grass and meh, whatever. Small little bear, I can take him. And he's going to go back to eating. And once he goes back to eating, start calling again. And as long as you do that, you know, being able to get within 100 yards of a bear is actually easy. You know, I don't like to use the word easy, but it's fairly easy. And then going back to their their food sources and not exactly being big travelers, if they do happen to spot you and smell you and they take off running what i've done a lot of times over the years is if i ever spook a bear and they even if they just completely bolt and it looks like they're getting the hell out of the country i don't move i just sit there and i wait for about five to ten minutes because there has been multiple multiple times where a bear has just bolted gone like you think he is gonna be 10 miles away in five minutes and all they really do is they run into the trees where they feel nice, safe, and protected. They turn around, they look at you, and they eye you up. They might only be 5 to 20 yards in the tree line, and they'll just sit there and they'll watch you. And as long as you're not running around and you know cursing and kicking the dirt and whatever, if you just sit there and just casually wait, a lot of times what will end up happening is they'll come right back out, either exactly where they went in at or within... 200 yards either way uh if the wind's blowing real bad uh, a lot of times what will happen is they'll kind of circle around just to get your wind and then they might take right off but for the most part they come out fairly close and they just kind of go back to grazing but now they kind of know that you're there so you have to be a little bit more cautious but for the most part if they take off they're not they're not leaving and if they don't come back out within that, you know, five, ten minutes, head back to the truck, leave, come back either later on that day or give it a day or two or whatever. And I can almost guarantee you that that bear is going to be right back there on that pipeline or in the ditch where you last seen them or in that one specific spot in the cut block. Because again, they don't like to leave food. Even if there's food the next road over, they might be there, but in general, they have this small circle that they stay in, and they they don't leave unless another bear pushes them out, and if that happens, don't worry about it. If a bear pushes out that bear, this bear's a bigger one, so, you know, it's a win-win. You might have lost out on this little guy, but this big one took his place, and now this guy here being... uh like the educated one he kind of knows what you look like and what you smell like well now you restart the game with this bigger one 
who doesn't have a clue that you're even in the area. All he knows is that he pushed out this other guy. So now you get to go after this one, and then plus it opens up a new search area for that first bear. So, I mean, it's when it comes to spring spot and stock bear hunting, you know, it's a, it's a great way to get out. It's a great way to get new people involved. Uh, you know, you can get them with pretty well any caliber of gun there is. Uh, I made a video and a podcast, uh, earlier. If you guys want to check that out, uh, you can go on to our YouTube channel and it'll just be under podcast playlist or under the how to, I believe I put it there. So you can watch that on which uh, actual calibers I recommend. But, you know, you can take anyone bear hunting, especially if you're truck hunting. Uh, it is a nice, enjoyable, relaxing hunt. And I can honestly say that. I've taken out little kids. I've taken out my dad. I've taken my brother, my girlfriend, his wife. You know, anyone can go on a bear hunt and actually enjoy it. You don't need a bunch of camouflage. You don't need any fancy gear. Like, honestly, you you can go out with just almost a car if you have the right road conditions, really. And you can just cruise around. You can, heck, you can even bring your dogs. You can listen to music. Once as you see a bear, turn the music off, tell everybody to shut up. And then you get serious about it. But, you know, for the most part, when it comes to this, uh, especially the way we do it up here in the northern BC area, like, it's not a lot of work, and it's a ton of fun. And the best part about it, too, especially if you have a new hunter with you, is if you see a bear and you ruin the stock, it's not like moose or elk hunting where you might only get that one chance uh, up here. If you see a bear and you ruin that stock, don't worry about it. You are perfectly fine because the chances are that bear's going to come right back out to where it was, or you're going to go up the road another couple miles, maybe 10 miles, 100 yards, whatever it is, and you're going to see another one, especially the very beginnings of spring when all the grasses are just starting to grow up in the ditch because that's the only thing they have to eat is the grasses on the ditch or in the pipelines. And then once the dandelions start to come out, there's been times where I've come up onto a lease and I've seen four bears on one small little hill. And it was just loaded with dandelions and bears. You know what I mean? So like, get out there and enjoy a hunt with family and friends or by yourself or with your dog. Heck, bring your cat, whatever. Like, <laughs> it's one of those hunts where it's, it's enjoyable, it's easy. And all you have to do is get over the fear of bears. I know a lot of people, they don't like to hunt bears because they think they taste bad or they're scary. And again, tasting bad, watch the video, listen to the podcast of what recipes I recommend. They taste absolutely phenomenal. As long as you cook them well done, you'll never run into any issues with trichinosis. Uh, trim the fat off if they're around like salmon streams and stuff or you know, don't hunt them around dumps. You know, like it's, it's a very, very simple concept. And honestly with, if you just go out a couple of times, kind of learn something for every, from every trip and 
man, I'm telling you, bear hunting will become one of your favorite things to hunt aside from chickens because like it's, it's relaxing, it's enjoyable and man, it's a good way to get out of the house after a long winter. But anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and this video. Uh, if you do, uh, please hit that like button, head over to our YouTube channel. If you're just listening to this, give it a like, uh, subscribe to the channel and we'll catch you on the next one.